off the ball. He turned up in every big game with the weight of expectation of all those years of not having won All-Ireland. Yes. And no matter how Mayo played, he was their best player on the pitch. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Well, Kenny, the North London Derby finished 2-0 to Arsenal at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Mikel Arteta's first away, game, away win, I should say, in this fixture. Um, well, there was only goal scored by Arsenal it was a really hotly contested match do you think it was a, a fair result in the end? Oh, it was uh, Arsenal the far superior team it's difficult I can't stress how impressed I was with this Arsenal performance North London Derby thinking can they handle the occasion the emotion of the occasion can they kind of detach themselves uh, from that and still kind of play the type of uh, scintillated football that we've seen so far this season that's exactly what they did they kind of fed off the energy inside the stadium to a point, but they still understood what they had to do. They stayed true to, stayed true to their game, passed the ball well. Um, you know, movement ahead of the ball was great, really tenacious, aggressive in their approach, in and out position in the football. Um, came under a bit of pressure second half, as you would have expected, probably opening 20 minutes in the second half. They really had to dig in a little bit on the edge of their uh, penalty box, but... This is a different beast now, this Arsenal team. They look comfortable though I have to defend uh, the edge of their penalty box. How often could you have said that about an Arsenal team in the last 10 years? Almost uh, never. You'd have to give Ar- uh, Mikel Arteta a huge amount of credit for that. They really do look the real deal in and out possession of the football. You could nitpick in certain areas of the pitch in terms of maybe small little frailties, but that's literally what you're doing, Stephen. Uh, you know, nitpicking because fundamentally this uh, Arsenal team are in great shape. Because they always got a lot of criticism even before Mikel Arteta's time, that they had a real soft core, that they weren't able to get in, you know, do the dirty, hard work as a team. And that maybe as well, when they might have had a good start to a season, that they tail off at the end, that some people would say there'd be a bottle job there from Arsenal coming towards the end of the season. So why do you think that, and I know there is still, you know, another, still a half a season to go in the Premier League, but why do you think that they have that real hard core to this team? Now, what's changed? Well, the personnel, I'd say uh, predominantly and also maybe the environment. And again, that's where you have to give the manager uh, credit for that. You're right, flaky Arsenal. How often did we all uh, say it uh, previously? But nobody's been saying that, certainly not this season for quite some time now. It's because mentality has changed. They've got better players. I think it's as simple as that. They've got players now across the defensive line who actually enjoy defending. Uh, Saliba, who's come back from his loan uh, spell in France, looks the real deal. Gabriel has his limitations to a certain degree, but he's got he's improved over the past year. He enjoys his uh, 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 defending, takes real kind of pride in winning his one v one battles. Uh, yeah, and the protection in front, uh, Partey. They've got a central midfielder now, real kind of tenacious. Uh, brings real kind of physicality to that area. The pitch screens the back, uh, the back four. So that's kind of spawned the team with an, with an excellent goalkeeper in behind now. Is head and shoulders above what we've seen uh, previously. So, all the, like I said, all the fundamentals are there and in place. And it's not as if you carry any of these players in possession. It's not as if you've got, you know, four Neanderthals now in the kind of, you know, the central area of the pitch who can get around and kick people and impose themselves and, like, can't pass the ball when they get it. They can do both sides of the game. Party can get on the ball uh, and play. The two centre halves are comfortable receiving the ball and, and playing forward, Saliba uh, in particular. So, um, yeah, it's great to see. I have to say, I'm no Arsenal uh, uh, fan, but I'm loving what I'm seeing uh, at the moment. And we saw it all in that game today, Steve. We saw the quality of their attack on football, particularly in the first half of that game, the confidence in which individually they're playing with collectively, a really cohesive attacking unit first half. And then second half, we saw the other side of the game, that kind of collective spirit in defensive situations, protecting their goal. 
and refusing to lead and concede a goal. So, yeah, it was all there for everybody to see today. And as you're saying that about the defensive players playing good attacking football, I'm just thinking then as well, you could probably say that for their flair, their attacking players, the likes of, you know, Eddie Nketiah, we praised him during the commentary for his work rate. Martin Odegaard as well, Bukayo Saka, they're not afraid of rolling their sleeves up and, and yeah. chipping in with the defence. No, absolutely. They carry nobody out of possession in a football. Probably similar to kind of Guardiola. Probably no surprise there the time Martella spent under Guardiola and Manchester City. You could say the same about Manchester City uh, at their best. The attack and individual quality which they have, but how hard they work in terms of their press, counter-press, traditionally under Guardiola. Although probably not of late, but you're seeing it now with this Arsenal team. Martinelli, Saka, and Ketia, Odegaard, as good as he is, as good a ball player as he is, you can almost forgive him at times, maybe just like taking a breather here and there. He doesn't do it. He's got that captain's armband on his sleeve and it matters to him. So he shows as much tenacity, uh, out of possession, as much determination uh, as he does in possession with the qualities that he has. So, yeah, it's great to see. You need to have it. If you're going to win a league title in this particular league, they're the kind of attributes that you need. And they're the type of attributes that Arsenal now have. And while Tottenham really haven't got going this season, a derby match is a derby match and a performance in that game will say an awful lot about a team. And I know you said during the comedy as well that you felt that the, this is the game you're watching today where you're really feeling there's a title win, you know, potential title win in this Arsenal team. We know they have big tests coming up next week against Manchester United. They have to play them at home. They've also got Manchester City, whom they've yet to play in the FA Cup and then again in the yeah. league in mid-February. So we'll we'll learn a lot from those games. In those games, Kenny, and you, I suppose even you look at Man United coming up against Arsenal next week, where do you see the weaknesses in the Arsenal but, team? Yeah, well, this is the thing. I think that all these tests that we're talking about, they're passing them already. They were tested against West Ham at home a couple of weeks ago, 1-0 down at half-time against a very well-organised defensive uh, unit. But that didn't phase them. They went and turned them over second half and won that game. Another big test today against the yeah Tottenham team, which has its limitations to a point, but it's a North London derby, and all the chatter is Arsenal now are league contenders. How are they going to cope with that pressure today? There's a challenge there today. They've passed that. A lot of people saying, well, they've got to play Manchester City home and away. City could take six points off them. Well, at the moment, I'd fancy Arsenal to take six points off Manchester City, how well they're playing. So every small little challenge... Uh, that's been put up front of them at the moment. They're actually passing it. So you're right, there are challenges ahead. They'll keep coming week in, week out, month in, month out between now and the end of the season. But I don't have any fears for this kind of Arsenal team. We don't know in terms of injuries, losing key personnel between now and the end of the season is always a factor. We spoke about second half in terms of the strength and depth in the squad. I don't think it's as thin as some people suggest. You spoke about defensively, the options they have, particularly in full-back areas. We saw the quality players coming off the bench, Smith Rowe, and Vieira, a very talented player as well. Jesus has got to come back into the equation. Again, if you were nitpicking, you'd say if they were to lose Thomas Partey in that central area the pitch for a long period of time, he has his issues uh, uh, injury-wise. Is Lokonga in particular player who can come in, you can rely on between now and the end of the season? Yeah, maybe so. You could make an argument for that. But you're really searching. You're really searching for reasons to kind of nitpick at this Arsenal team. You know, you just got to take a step back sometimes and have a look at what you're watching. I look, did that today. This Arsenal team kind of blew me away a little bit. I mean, they've, they've shown that performance. It wasn't once off today, the performance they put on today. We've seen it consistently uh, between the start of the season and now. And they just keep rolling it out week in, week out, Steve. And so, mm. you know, they're here. They're the real deal. People have to accept it. You know, they are real tight and challenges. And like I said, second half for me now, they're favourites. They're clear favourites for this Premiership title. 
and they've got a good goalkeeper, as you, you rightly said during the game. You, you gave didn't. a lot of praise to Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that definitely gives centre backs and defenders a lot of confidence when they know they've got a keeper like that behind them. On the other side of that, though, can you talk to me about Hugo Lloris? Because back to back home games now, he's made big errors that have led to goals. How does that affect, affect his defenders, the back three sitting in front of him? Oh, it drains confidence. It's as simple as that. It's not just the past couple of weeks. I'd argue really for the last kind of two to three years, been looking at Lloris, too many of these mistakes. I mean, all keepers make kind of good saves. Any keeper applying his trade in a reasonably high level is a decent uh, shot stopper and he produces a fair amount of decent saves, don't get me wrong. But in terms of kind of dominating his penalty box, showing kind of real personality and really when those big moments arrive, as they did today for Aaron Ramsdale in the Arsenal goal, 1v1, First half against Son, 1v1 against Sessegnon. Spurs score in those uh, moments in the game. It could be a to- totally transforms the game, but doesn't happen because Ramsdale doesn't allow it uh, to happen. doesn't make a mistake. He's on top of his game. Loris wasn't on top of his game again today. And though, when those situations arise too often, you've got to deal with it uh, as a manager. You can't allow it to continue to happen because, like you said, kind of drains confidence in the team. Defenders in particular, they look behind them. They can't totally trust the person who they see in their line of vision you have to rectify that and they've left it too long Tottenham for me got to go and get a better goalkeeper as simple as that what else is going wrong because it's 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 hard to pinpoint there seems to be just uh, you know stuff seems to be going wrong all over the pitch Son isn't playing well Harry Kane's scoring a lot of goals this season but that partnership that he had going with Son for a few seasons which was so so good central midfield I know they've had their injuries as well which haven't helped Richarlison being out he came back today Benton Coors being out he really makes their midfield tick. But can you really put your... like? Yeah, but I think you're over-exaggerated. When you look at them, they've been in the top four from predominantly for most of the first half of the season. They've dropped out now. They're in fifth position. So it's mm. hardly the whole the whole world has kind of uh, caved in. The reason why they're not maybe uh, competing with the teams above them, and obviously it might be a struggle now for them to get those Champions League players, it's just man-to-man, probably not good enough, as good as those as teams uh, above them. We're talking about a goalkeeper. The goalkeeper's not good enough very difficult to maintain a title challenge even the challenge for a Champions League place if your goalkeeper's not good enough there's short the top class uh, centre half they're going to play that uh, back three as well midfield as well for me got decent enough options in there it'll help them when Ben Decor comes back but I still feel as if they're short one top quality uh, central midfielder in that area of the pitch and you're right individually they've dropped off Son has been a shadow of his former self uh, so far this season uh, Harry Kane was anonymous we know the qualities he has mm. So they're just short. They're just short all over the pitch. I think Conte's publicly come out and said it. This is what I need. Three or four top-class players need to in- improve the quality within the squad as well. So that's the challenge facing uh, Tottenham going forward. Now, is he getting the best out of the team at the moment? That's a different question. That wasn't the best of that Tottenham uh, team today. So I'll give you that. But Tottenham, st- at their, that team still playing at their best for me, are still short, certainly short in terms of putting a title challenge together. And the only way that's going to be rectified is backing the manager the transfer market and get the type of players that we're, we've spoken about there. Let's be selfish for a moment because we uh, highlighted Matt Doherty during the game as well. He has been criticised quite a bit over the years and rightly so in some situations where his defensive efforts have not been good enough. Is it possible that he's improved defensively under Conte? Is there anything yeah. specifically that he, that he maybe has done to make Matt Doherty a better defender? Yeah, I think there's an argument for that. Well, I've seen it the last kind of six months for Matt. He's been, been a lucky uh, time. I think there's been times I've seen him playing. I thought he's going to stay and he's got to stay in the team now. And Conte's going to take him out. He's going to rotate or Emerson Royale in particular in that area of the pitch. I don't really get it, to be honest with you, particularly as you've su- suggested. Really feel as if defensively now Matt's playing as well as I've ever seen him. 
I think it's a little bit of an easy criticism at times. I think there was a stage in his career, certainly the defensive side of his game wasn't his strongest, but only because how productive, how good he was kind of going forward in attacking uh, areas of the pitch. But certainly of late, the last six months, I think he's really tidied up the defensive side of his game. That's as good as I've seen him play. Mm. He's up against probably the outstanding left wing in the league this season in terms of Martinelli. He matched up really well against him. Didn't get done in any 1v1 situations. Defended his back post really well, kind of crosses in, into the box. And they're basically the fundamentals of full-back play. Don't let your opposition play get the better of you. Better of you. He didn't do that today with Martinelli. And, uh, you know, defend your back post area, the penalty box, and the ball comes into that area. And that's exactly what he did. That was really hard done, boy, I think, when he got taken mm. off. So I couldn't understand it. You know, chasing a, cu- a couple of goals, sacrificing a, a defender. Why, yeah, uh, really surprised Conte took Matt off because you know the quality he has in attacking areas of the pitch. But that was no reflection on his performance today. I was really impressed. I'd be absolutely massively surprised if he doesn't start again uh, in the next Tottenham game. That's what he needs to do. Keep putting down, laying down those types of uh, performances and he must stay in that Tottenham team. Yeah, away to Man City, away to Fulham, their next two games. That's not exactly the ideal yeah, fixtures. Get, yeah, no, not for, but for Matt in particular. He gained confidence, I think, in a game like that against Arsenal, up against someone like Martinelli, as good as they've been. I know from experience, you go up against someone like that, you do well, actually maybe get the better of them in occasion. That really feeds into your... Uh, kind of confidence so yeah if it's um, well if it's Jack Reels whoever it is Phil Foden yeah bring him on that's kind of got to be uh, your attitude going forward so yeah no I was really pleased not too much to pick out that talent performance today individually all around the pitch but I think Matt's defensive uh, performance for me is probably one that stood out yeah I should have said really for Tottenham not ideal having those two games after that Defeat well, I think you want. I think you want Manchester. It, yeah. City. I think you want Manchester City. Mm. Now you look at their last two performances. Southampton absolutely abject. First half against uh, United in particular, just kind of slow and laboured. And we've seen that from City on occasion uh, over the years under Guardiola. Just going to just dip off a little bit. They just need to shake themselves up a little bit and find that uh, quality in terms of performance. We know they can do that kind of energy and drive and dynamism to their play, which has made them the great team that they are. But they haven't got it at the moment. They're struggling a little bit. They need to find, they need to tap into that pretty quick. Otherwise, this Arsenal team for me could potentially go into the distance. Like you're saying, at the moment, we can see Arsenal going and beating them home and away, Manchester City. If they go and do that, I know the second game's not till April, but they're going to be they're going to be out of sight, Arsenal, maybe in about four to six weeks if Manchester City don't improve quickly. There was a lot of people wondering whether Eric Ten Hag was the right fit for Manchester United when he's appointed. He's not the right fit for last the, year. the suits that he's making. Uh, he's wearing them <laughs> most week. He's got to get a tailor involved quickly. That's why he's got the big thick woolly jumper on he's underneath. Got the he's got the polo next day. He looks a bit better, to be honest. But I, I must say, Kenny, I, I felt myself, even when he was appointed, you're kind of thinking, this might be the first good decision this Manchester United board has made since the Glazers took over. It's starting to really look like that yeah. at the moment. And how serious now do you think their title challenges. No, I don't think it's a serious title challenge. I've got to be honest with you. I know you can easily make that argument. That, you know, if Manchester City can win it, why can't Manchester? You know, they're only a point behind them. I understand that. But I look at, but I look at the squad at the moment. I still think they're short. They're playing well at the moment. Confidence is high, but I still think they're a little bit limited in certain areas of the pitch, which over the course of a season kind of will, will mean that they won't win the Premiership title. Like I match them up against Arsenal at the moment, where they're Manchester United. Uh, alongside uh, Arsenal at the moment and I, I wouldn't go as far as saying maybe Arsenal are head and shoulders but I think there's significant distance in terms of where this Arsenal team are in their development and Manchester United so that's why I say I don't think Manchester United uh, will win the title but the fact that we're even talking about Manchester United putting put a title challenge together is absolutely phenomenal in terms of where they were early in the season I hadn't got the confidence you had in Ten Hag uh, when he came into the football club I talked to a calculated risk 
uh, Manchester United and bringing him in. And off the back of that result of Brentford, remember early in the season mm. where literally like, you know, it mm. all imploded and everybody was scratching their head thinking, oh my God, this is as bad as it's going to get for Manchester United. But I think, it, Kenny, it was from the, the Ajax situation where he took a team really unlucky against Tottenham in that semi-final, of course, when they could have got to a final. They probably deserved to get to the final. They beat Real Madrid away from home. Yeah. And he had a lot of players that people didn't really know an awful lot about at I that time. That. Frankie de Jong, De Ligt, yeah. um, ZS was in the side as well. Tadic was playing for them. A team that really shouldn't have been in a, in a semi-final of a Champions League, but he yeah. got them there. And I think that's where I kind yeah. of got that But it's, it's Man- This is Manchester United. Yeah, that, that's different the challenge. Story. Little experience. There's other more experienced managers like Pochettino being mentioned. Even Conte they had an option at some point in getting him. So you're bringing in a man kind of unproven. Now, don't get me wrong. At some stage, you've got to take a risk on some manager and give him the opportunity to prove himself at the highest level. So uh, I understand that. Just the fact, again, just his background, Dutch personality, you know, how, you know, how would that blend into the dressing room? Would the players respond to him in terms of his, in terms of that type of personality, how he kind of de- uh, deals with people? So all of those kind of questions. But at the moment, it's, it's looking like a very good sign. They're in a good place. It looks as if the players are responding to him. He puts the work in on the training pitch, on the training pitch tactically. You see nice few patterns on the pitch now at the moment. Things are kind of coming together on a bit of a roll of momentum behind him. So that's all good. Um, there's still more to come they have to get better there's no uh, doubt about that I don't think the squad is particularly balanced as balanced as what we saw today from that Arsenal team but there maybe are maybe he's had a couple progress. more uh, Real Madrid players maybe are... <laughs> Modric yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe so but they're in a good place that's what I'm saying you know Champions League football for Manchester United that was almost a dream for Manchester United supporters at the start of the season so yeah I wouldn't be spitting too many negatives mm. at Manchester United at the moment they're in a great place fans are enjoying themselves they like what they're saying so yeah it's good to see it's good to see Manchester United back Stephen and competing mm. up at the top end of the table that's where they need to be and who knows maybe win a cup they're very close to the League Cup final as it stands just to finish then Kenny because I know you were quite critical of the Liverpool performance yesterday against Brighton um, with our colleagues on Premier Sports and uh, I couldn't have been the only person critical well, of the Liverpool but no, most no, no, 98% no. of the Liverpool support <laughs> must have been raised to be critical you're right there well it, it just you could analyse this all day and it just seems so hard to see what's going wrong now I put it to you that there seems to be I, it just looks like Klopp seems to be trying to it's almost like he's trying to fix all the problems that he should have fixed at the start of the season halfway through the season bringing the likes of Gakpo, who's going to take a while to settle in. We see with Klopp the style of football he likes to play. It takes time for players to settle into that team. The likes of Robertson, Alexander-Arnold, you know, all these players that he signed, the likes of Sadio Mane, it took them all a while to find the, their rhythm under a Klopp managerial yeah. stint. But, you know, it's going to take time for the new signings to, to find their way under Klopp. Now, that said... Man City can probably use the World Cup hangover as a bit of an excuse at the moment, but a lot of those Liverpool players didn't play much yeah, World no. Cup football. No, you can park what's that going state? wrong? Yeah, it's just no. what's going wrong. <laughs> you know, you can park that World, uh, the World Cup experience. That's well, the, the, the fundamentals in that Liverpool team. That's that's the problem, and Cody Gakko isn't going to solve that. There's no quick fix. In fact, there's no fix at all inside the Liverpool Football Club at the moment in terms of personnel players who are potentially going to come back into that team. They've still got a wealth of talent in forward areas of the pitch. That's exciting. The likes of uh, Diaz and Jota come back into the equation. Gapo's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Nunes, we know, um, hasn't hit the heights in terms of goal scoring, but there's a player there. There's no doubt about that. But that's not the issue in terms of the attacking quality which they have high up the pitch. It's the fundamentals, really, for me. And it's that kind of central midfield area. That's been Liverpool. That's been the powerhouse 
uh, that's been the steel in this Liverpool team traditionally and that's been kind of foundation blocks where they've had their success on the club the past four to five years so that's been that's been dismantled um, not through Klopp's fault with Ginny Wijnaldum leaving the uh, the football club Jordan Henderson unfortunately the last year or so big drop off at him in terms of his physical levels just can't get around the pitch as he as he did previously that real kind of dynamism and physicality which he have absolute racehorse he could operate at a high level of intensity for 90 minutes can't do that anymore and so it's kind of a ripple effect from that. Liverpool are really powder puff from that central area of the pitch. And it was, you know, it was shown, it was stripped bare yesterday. You know, Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson, that, that's who Klopp feels is the strongest midfield three at the moment. And they're absolutely almost inept at times yesterday. What Were they not trying? What well, wasn't that they weren't trying? They'd never accuse Henderson of that. Uh, Fabinho, maybe Thiago on occasions, to be honest, which he didn't like his body language yesterday, but just can't get around the pitch quick enough, can't get close enough to people, can't make tackles, can't track runners. Uh, Brighton moved the ball quickly, one-two touch, played around and people ran past some dynamic movement. Liverpool just couldn't uh, deal with it. So although you can talk about individually drop-off in terms of performances, Trent, even Virgil van Dijk, Robertson individually making mistakes, for me the fundamental problem is that kind of central midfield area, the holy trinity of Wijnaldum, Henderson and Fabinho at its very uh, best has been kind of dismantled, has kind of disappeared. And Liverpool, if they're going to play that that type, that brand of football again, that's why Liverpool want to get back to that heavy metal type of football, high press, high energy, real kind of uh, physicality, suffocate opposition teams, really strangle the life out of them. They've got to go and find two top class central midfielders to go and play in there. If you're not going to do that, well, you better find a different way uh, to play. And that's the challenge for, me, uh, for Klopp between now and the end of the season. How does he see it? Has he got those players now? So good coaches, good managers have to try and find a solution. What's the best bet for us at the moment in terms of team shape, in terms of personnel? And I don't think 4-3-3 at the moment is, it looks like it's going to be the answer. For me almost, you've got to look at the Liverpool team. When those players come back high up the pitch, pick your four best forwards, front three and a number 10, and pick your best central midfield pairing and play with a two in there. And that's not easy yeah. to find your best two central midfielders at the moment. Because like I said, I think they're short in there. Got some young talent, some really outstanding young talent. Elliot, I like even Dokes and Carvalho, yeah. uh, to be fair to you. I really like them, but they're kind of the medium to long term. At the moment, Liverpool really need to improve and invest in that central area of the pitch. It's not going to do it in the window. I'm, I'm not convinced they can go and do it in the summer because the likes of Chelsea, Manchester United and Ma- Manchester City could be looking to reinvest in that central area of the pitch for the, t- for the best uh, central midfielders in the world. Joe Bellingham, Declan Royce and one or two others. Liverpool are going to have to compete in the market in the summer with those teams. I'm not too sure they've got the financial resources to go and do it. So that'd be the slight worry for Liverpool supporters going forward. Doom and gloom. Now, you, got look, you don't look all around the Liverpool team and say, oh my God, this is an absolute nightmare. I've already said the quality which they have high up the pitch. Individual players can up their performances. Absolutely. But the basic fundamentals for me in that central midfield uh, area is the absolute key. And that's what needs to change. Klopp needs to be backed if he wants the challenge, Stephen. If he wants the challenge to go and and go again almost, he's almost mm-hmm. got to reinvent this Liverpool team and restructure it and put it together again. If he's got the ambition, the desire, the energy uh, to go and do that again, great. The club have got to go and back him uh, in the summer. But it's going to take a little bit of time. I don't think it's a quick fix in that Liverpool squad. So I'm very interested to see how it kind of plays out over the next kind of six months.